happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. In this episode of the Woman at the Well Ministries podcast, join Kim Miller and Erica Close in a conversation as we walk with Jesus. In today's conversation, we continue to share on the topic of preparing our hearts to receive the greatest gift, Jesus our Savior, and the gifts that come with his presence in our lives. Well, thank you all so much for joining us in today's podcast. My name is Erica Close, and I am here with Kim Miller. Hello, and thank you again for joining us. What a pleasure it is to spend the next few moments with you. And today we are excited. We have been having a series of conversations about basically all the gifts that come along with Jesus when we receive him as Savior. So in addition to the gift of salvation, all the other gifts that come. And we have talked about salvation and the plans that God has for us. We've talked about grace and those benefits that he bestows upon us every single day. But today we are going to talk about love and then we're going to talk about what it means to have the Lord's help. So uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with love. And Kim, would you like to um, let us know what the first verse is that we're going to talk about related to the love that we have in Christ? We're going to start in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And it says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. What a verse. It's such an incredible verse because it says that God gave his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. And one of the greatest things that I love about knowing that God loved me before I came to him to have my sins washed away is that I know that I don't have to hide anything from him. I don't have to hide my sins from him my thoughts. I can't anyway, because he already knows them. But I need to rest assured that whatever has happened in my life or happens in my life, God is going to be still loving me. Even when I can't love myself or maybe friends or family have deserted me, God will not. Because we're told in Romans 8, 38 and 39, that nothing will separate us from the love of God. And knowing that God sent his son for me while I was deep in sin. Yeah. And for our case, before I was ever even born, he paid the penalty of sin for me, knowing who I was going to be, knowing what I was going to do, knowing the times I would reject him or fail him, he still died for me and offered his salvation to me as that free gift we hear in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And so God loved me when I was a sinner, so he's going to love me when I sin now. And I believe that's why he gives us 1 John 1, 9 that says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
I love that. One of the things that I love so much about this verse is that word commendeth, because to me, you know, when something is, um, you know, like a commendation, right. Or when something is commended upon someone, it's a gift and it's, it's something that is given and it's not something that can, that can be taken away. Usually you don't lose, you know, a commendation. And so it is this amazing gift that is given that's, that's not going to be taken back. Like that is a gift that is given and it is bestowed upon us. And it is just a gift. And you know, when you look further back into like Romans chapter four, verse 21, he says, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And we've been promised of old God had that there would be a Messiah that was born. His name would be Emmanuel. And we were told that, you know, he would be, the prophets prophesied that he would come and be born in a manger. And they prophesied that there wouldn't be any place for him. And there was all these things that happened that we read in the Old Testament that is fulfilled in the New Testament. But it is so incredible to know that what he promises, he's also able to do. But not only is he able to do it, he will do it. Because he loves us that much. And he cannot fail. I think that takes us really nicely into the next verse that we were going to talk about related to God's love. And I have a feeling that most everybody knows uh, this verse, but it's John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I, I love that because I think like in Romans 5, 8, we talk about God's love coming toward us and it seems a little bit more personal. And then we go to John three sixteen, and it's for God so loved the world. It's still personal, but it's everybody, right? It's everybody's person that is the object of God's love. And it's just so clear in that verse in John three sixteen that what he gave was his son. Right? In order to express the love he has for us, he had to give us his son. Like when we think about what we do to express our love to others, right? we give them a card, we give them a gift, we take them to dinner, we, we give them a hug. Those are all expressions of love. The magnitude of the difference between our earthly expressions of love and God's holy expression of love is huge. His expression was the gift of his son. But the thing that holds in common is, he says, for God so loved, he gave. Yeah. Because he loved, he gave. Bottom line was, he gave. Now, when you think about what God gave, he gave his only son. When you think about what Jesus, Jesus gave, gave, he gave his whole life. And as we've been talking a lot about lately in our podcast, what he gave up. Right. He gave all he had and all he was. It's so interesting to me that God will drop into our spirit to do something, and it'll be inconvenient. Yeah. And that's enough to stop us. Just the inconvenience of something or it doesn't fit with our plans. I guarantee you that God 
when he sent his son Jesus, we know that Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, if there be another way, let this cup pass from me because he understood fully what he was getting ready to step in and he wanted to make sure this was the only way which to me gives me such assurance because it lets me understand God knew fully what he was getting himself into and he understood that he fully was the only way and he was willing to do it because there was no other way to buy my pardon for my sins. And Jesus gave all he had. And I think what God fully asks of us is that when we receive him as Savior, we have emptied ourselves of ourselves I've been filled with his son. That's what I believe he asks of us who truly repent and turn away from their sins is that we turn away from the sins and we turn towards God with an empty vessel that's created a new creature in us. In Christ Jesus, I believe is when we empty of ourselves and fill with him. I love that. You know, I was um, reading in Romans chapter 12, um, with my Sunday school class earlier today when we recorded, or excuse me, earlier today on the today that we're recording. And uh, we were talking about um, Old Testament sacrifices. And um, the young folks that I have in my class were talking about how very thankful that they were that that system of sacrifices does no longer exist. Aren't we all? And, you know, Romans 12.1 talks about how we are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, and what it means to be a living sacrifice. And then, you know, we closed that talking about what it meant for Jesus to die on the cross for us. And he wasn't a living sacrifice. He was the end of the required sacrifices because nothing was required after that. It was his sacrifice of himself was complete and perfect and is the most amazing gift. And following that, our job is to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. We're not called to physically die, but we're called to die to self, right? We're called to, to sacrifice out of love for him. I think that takes us into the next verse talking about love. John 15, 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. It will never cease to amaze me and thrill me to the top of my head and the bottom of my feet that Jesus calls me friend. That's huge. I mean, what can I give him? How could it be that Jesus lays down his life for his friend and he laid his life down for me, therefore I'm his friend? I've always said that I wanted that the end when I get before Jesus for him to say, well done, my friend. Mm -hmm. He called Abraham his friend, literally. He said that Abraham was the friend of God. And, you know, when you're a friend, you're there when you need him. And when you're a friend, you love your friend, you care for your friend, you help your friend. Just listen to what it means to be a friend. And we see that so quickly and so easily that Jesus is all of those things for us. But we are that for him when we love others. When we remember the whole dissertation where he talks about, you know, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. 
I just want to be that person that when God calls, I don't even hesitate. I just go straight for it because that's what a friend does. You know, a friend's helping you even if they want to really, you know, chastise you a little bit because you've gotten yourself into this mess yourself, but you're in there digging them out of the mess, and then you talk to them about it. And that's how Jesus is. He never says, nope, figure that out on your own. I love that in the verse just after John 15, 13, it says, Here are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. And then just before that in 12, sandwiching 15, 13, we says, this is my commandment. This is the command that you love one another as I have loved you. And, you know, it's, it's something to think about that he says we're his friends. And it's something to think about he says we're, we're friends when you do what he's asked you to do. It's the evidence, right? It's the expression of love. And sometimes Jesus asks things. And if we don't have our faith prayed up, we can miss the boat and be a bad friend or not his friend. And we can miss the blessing because we don't do what he asks us to do simply because we don't have a faith enough to believe what he's asking is what's best for us not just best for him it's not just what he wants but everything he asks us to do everything he lays before us as an opportunity to serve him is what is going to bring about in our life the very best for us because i think what it brings about then is the the joy of knowing him right when we live in him and through him and we we follow him that closely we're in the place where we can receive the blessings. We're in the place where we can receive the joy. And nothing can separate us from his love. Mm-hmm. Oh, how he loves you and oh, how he loves me. What a gift, right? Gift no com- kidding. Love comes from salvation, but, but from the gift of salvation, but the gift of salvation is love. It's, it's, it's not it's able love to be in separated. Action, man. Right, you can't separate it. One, you can't separate them one from another. It's so easy to see where Jesus loves us. Absolutely. But I think it might be harder for people following us to see where we love him. If we're not doing all the things he's asked us to do, we're not giving them those opportunities to see that expression of his love in their lives that we are called to provide. Amen. So the next gift that we wanted to talk about uh, is just the gift of help. And the gift of help is one of those gifts that comes from having a personal relationship with Christ. And we have one verse to share related to this, and, and it's a big one, but it's Psalms 46.1. Mm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And this is a small verse, but this is, this is huge, right? Because it says that our God is a very present help in trouble. He's present, so he's there all the time. He's present, so he's on time and, and in time. Every and, time. Every time. And he's not just present, right? He's, he's very present. He is as present as he possibly can. And he's that help whenever we are in trouble, which makes me think that whenever we're in any situation that is trouble, and there are some situations that are more trouble than others. There are some situations that are just a little bit aggravating or a little bit annoying. 
but there's still trouble. But regardless of the magnitude of the situation, God's presence doesn't change. He's there and he's ready and he's accessible to us. I know that you said we would share one verse, but you have I more. can't hear <laughs> Psalm 46, 1 without thinking of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and especially verse 16, which he says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, help. in time of need. I mean, you can't get a better blessing or a better promise than that. Come boldly. That means we have a right to be there. He wants to help his children. He wants what's best for us. And he says to come boldly to the throne that we may obtain mercy and grace to help. When? In time of need. And many times when I'm in my time of need, I've gotten myself there. I've made the wrong choice. I've done the wrong thing. But it doesn't say that he only says to come to the throne when you're innocent and you've not got any part in your problem. He says to come to find grace, that's unmerited favor, and mercy in time of need to help us. And I think what's important there is that we have to come. We can't just have the expectation, oh, he knows my trouble. Why isn't he fixing it? But we have to go to him, right? Because when we stop and we pray and we stop and we go to the Lord, we're demonstrating our faith in him. We're demonstrating the trust that we have in him. We're demonstrating that we believe in him to the point that we're going to stop and ask. He's there, but as we often say, he's a gentleman, right? He's not going to push himself on us. So that help is always available, but we've got to be in a position, in a mindset, in humility, to be able to stop and ask and say, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do next. But when we do, he promises us that he is there. Amen. What wonderful gifts that we have unwrapped his love and his help. And we hope that you will be in our next podcast, that you will hear what God has laid upon our hearts. And we just thank you so much for being with us today. And it is our prayer that you're unwrapping Jesus every day in your life. Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the Gospel Group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved.
Happy girl.